Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. The Growing in Grace podcast found weekly on our website, growingingrace.org. Thanks for coming along. I'm Joel Brzezinski, the Breeze Man, and Mike Kapler with me, the Cap. Thanks for coming along and uh, joining us as we just sit down here and and relax. And I don't know, I got some coffee. I know Cap's not a coffee drinker, but I just am sipping on this and enjoying, uh, getting ready to enjoy the chat that we are about to have today. Continuing on with some stuff we've been talking about the last few weeks. How's Mr. Kapler yeah. doing this yeah, time? Yeah, I, I kind of want to get jumping into this sure. because uh, Joel and I spoke for a few minutes before we started our program here just now. And uh, maybe we talked just a little bit longer than sometimes what we do. And a lot of it was just random thoughts. And so we're going to put this together now on the podcast because we don't really script our podcast, as you probably know, if you've been listening for a while. Most of this just comes from the heart. Much of it's very spontaneous. And I'm not saying that it's not good to be prepared or make notes and those kinds of things. But a lot of times we're just two guys talking, as we've said before. Again, sharing our hearts and talking about the goodness of, of God's grace and in, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's continue on with what we've been discussing over the past, at least the past two or three weeks. I guess our programs have largely centered upon our identity in Jesus Christ, apart from what we do. This is a really important thing for us to get a hold of. And and again, I, I think we could talk about this for weeks and years and, and still only be tapping into a few drops out of the ocean, really, to where we, we really get it, you know? So there's so much to learn, and I'm sure this will be the case throughout eternity. That's what makes it so fun and uh, easy to talk about, because mm-hmm. there's always some new way to, to look at the gospel and, and gain something from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Joel, um, there's much to talk about here. I hope we can get a lot of this in. Uh, I'm looking you know, in, in Matthew 7, the, the Sermon on the Mount. We're not going to get into that, that whole scenario. I'm going to pluck a verse out here. <laughs> and, and Jesus Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 12. He said, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So I've told Joel many times, I I wish I could shrink down into fewer words what it is I would like to try to say to people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It feels like there's so much that you want to share. It's hard to just hit the bullet points, you know, to where people would get it. I wish I had that gift, and I hope I can develop it. Jesus did that here. He gave a bullet point for what represents the entire law from the Old Covenant. With over 600 rules, commands, and statutes, Jesus wrapped it up and put it down into one sentence. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. It's often referred to as the golden rule, right? That's a a religious phrase that gets thrown around quite a bit. Uh, The golden rule. We should try to live by the golden rule. You talk to people who aren't Christians, sometimes they'll fall back on that. Hey, look, I try to keep the golden rule. And, you know, it's it's one of those things, though, where it's part of the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've got a friend uh, that we know through through social media. He's a speaker and, and author, Brad Robertson. I, I love how he phrased this. Uh, he said, this one sentence 
sentences the entire human race to death. Why? <laughs> because nobody could do this. You see, if we could just get it shrunk down to something simple like Jesus just made it, if we could just do this, then, wow, the law could be fulfilled. We, we could achieve maybe that perfect standard that God demanded through those 613 commands, right? Maybe. Hmm? That seemed to be what Jesus might be suggesting here. Because when you're when you're following the golden rule and you're doing it perfectly, everything would seemingly just fall into place. And yet nobody has ever, ever been able to do it. Not before the cross, not after the cross. And so, you know, sometimes we, we still look at the scriptures as though Jesus is trying to teach us what to do. When in fact, when he came proclaiming the kingdom and that the, the kingdom of God is at hand, he said, repent, repent. Most people just think he was telling them, hey, quit sinning so much. You Jewish people, you were supposed to be following the commandments here, and you're a bunch of rebels. You're a bunch of hypocrites. This is how a lot of people will view it. So you need to, you need to get your act together. You need to repent. You need to stop sinning so much and start doing these commandments and start doing this law thing right, at least subconsciously. I think that's how some people view this when Jesus said this. Repent in the Greek, as you know, we've talked about it. It just simply means to have a change of mind. Jesus talking to Jewish people under the law here when he was telling them to have a change of mind. These were people who had tried their hardest to adhere to the law. Obviously, they failed. Everybody did. but And that was the whole point of the law was to try to show people they couldn't keep it so that it would point them to Jesus, the Savior. And, and yet, so Jesus came to redeem these people who were under the law, under the curse of the law. He wanted to take them out of that and move them into something better. I, I'm trying to get a ball rolling here, Joel, to get people thinking differently, um, as Jesus was trying to do with the Jews. Yeah, if that, uh, something you said there, if people could only do it. And and that's the key that that word if right there because I you know I've heard people say when when we talk about how we're dead to the law and how we're not under the the Ten Commandments and then people will say well if if people would just keep the Ten Commandments this world would be such a better place and that word if right there is key there because I, I think it's true if people would honor their mother and their father if people wouldn't steal if people wouldn't murder if people wouldn't commit adultery if people would not covet sure the world would be a better place but there's that if there like you were saying there cap nobody has ever done it nobody can do it that's the problem do unto others as you would have them do unto you Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. If people would just do that, this world would be a better place. And that's it's true. But, <laughs> again, like you were saying, that's the sentence that sentenced everybody because nobody can do it. And that's the point. Right there, that's the point of Jesus saying all these things. Like you were saying, you didn't really want to get into the entire Sermon on the Mount there, but that's the point of the entire Sermon on the Mount. Here's a bunch of stuff that you need to do, but sorry, you can't do it, and nobody has ever done it. And so we needed us, the human race, we needed something better. We needed something that would actually work 
the flesh trying to keep the law and rules and commandments does not work. It has never worked for anybody. It has never made anybody any more righteous. It's never made anybody any more closer to God. Uh, It's never done what people hope and think that it will do. Romans 10 talks about how Israel had zeal for God. They had zeal for God. What's better than that, having zeal for God? (laughs) Well, Paul says, but they had that zeal not according to knowledge. They were ignorant of God's righteousness. They were seeking, like you were saying, they were trying really hard to establish their own righteousness, but they had not submitted to the righteousness of God because the righteousness of God cannot be attained by what we do. And so Jesus came, and you were a really good word there from you, Kath, about the word repent. He wanted them to repent from being ignorant of God's righteousness. He wanted them to repent, change their mind from seeking to establish their own righteousness, and instead turn and believe the gospel, believe the good news, that God's righteousness comes to us as a gift, not through anything that we do. It's something that we can't attain. Sure, we don't want sin in our lives. Sure, we don't like this thing called death, because that was the problem. As I mentioned either last week or the week before, that the problem was that death came into the uh, sin came into the world and death through sin, but there's nothing that we could do about it. And so real quickly here, before I pass it off to you, Cap, we said that uh, I, I read in Romans 6 how we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Jesus' death knowing that our old man, that is who we were in Adam, was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Who has been freed from sin? The person who strives to be righteous? The person who strives to turn away from sin? No, it's the person who has died who has been freed from sin. Paul goes on here, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. How can you reckon yourself to be dead to sin? It's not by stopping sinning, not that that's bad, it's a good thing, but that's not how we die to sin. That's not how we get sin to no longer have dominion over us. It's through that death that we have already died with Jesus Christ. That's how sin no longer has dominion over us. Now, reckon that to be true, because it's true. That's good stuff. I mean, you know, (laughs) I don't want to, I don't don't even want to elaborate on what you just said. It was so good. Um, Look, Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, it lines up with what Jesus said in Matthew 7, the whole law, all those commandments from the old covenant, the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But then Paul went on to say some other things about that, because he just got done saying, hey, if you're going to try to live by the law, you're going to have to try to live by all of it, because if you break one, you're guilty of having broken everything. That was the problem. And so Paul goes on in in Galatians 5 to talk about this contrast between the spirit and the flesh, the spirit and the law. But if you are led by the spirit, Galatians 5.18, if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. 
You're not justified by law. He says, you who are severed from Christ, uh, I'm sorry, you are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Faith through love. We have now been empowered with that. And some might say, well, look, I, I, I know a lot of church people who will say, no, nah, we're not justified by works. We're not justified by law. But we apply it to our lives now in Christ, that, that we should be adhering to this to, to become you know, more Christ-like, more righteous, more sanctified. But Paul said just the opposite in Romans 7. He said, I tried that system of thou shall not covet, was his example in Romans 7. And guess what? It led to more coveting. It failed. What I thought was going to help me in life actually brought me death. And so that's why we want people to steer away from that ministry of death and into the ministry of the Spirit where you can be empowered to enjoy the life of God within us. Yes, and enjoying the life of God in us by His grace. You know, we hear a lot about grace. We talk a lot about grace. But what does grace look like when lived out daily? We are asked about that, a question about that, and so we'll be talking about that. That's coming up next week, right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.